Welcome to the Kentucky Conservation Conversation, an outreach of the Jefferson County Soil and Water Conservation District. Find out more about us at jeffcd.org, including the schedule of our monthly meetings and events, which are open to the public. Welcome back, everyone. Today is our second episode in our water series. A few updates for you before we begin. First, I believe that I have found someone to discuss pre-colonial resource management or at least natural history with us, so I will keep you updated. Uh, you can still send me names, I'm always willing to talk to people. Also, we are going to be offering rain barrels soon, so if you're not following us on social media or if that's just not your thing, you can also sign up for our newsletter, as always, at jeffcd.org. Today's guest is the Executive Director of MSD, or the Metropolitan Sewer District, Tony Parrott. It's important to understand uh, the level of scale that goes into conservation work and to improving water quality. It's a range from your house and what's happening in your yard all the way up to what's happening in the city as a whole and how we're all connected through our waterways. And so I wanted to start giving us a little bit of context there and to answer some things that maybe you have wondered about. A lot of us see the MSD line on our water bill and wonder what that money is going to, or perhaps you have seen the basin projects around town and, and just are curious about why this is so important. So Tony helps us answer some of those questions. Hi, I am Tony Parrott and I am the executive director of the Louisville and Jefferson County Metropolitan Sewer District. Uh, here in Louisville, Kentucky. Welcome to our podcast. I just want to uh, start by asking you, what does MSD do here in Louisville? You know, MSD has three core services or functions that we provide the community. Uh, wastewater treatment, uh, stormwater and drainage management, and uh, protect flood protection uh, from the Ohio River. Uh, and we provide all of those services 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Uh, each of our services is connected to our mission, which is to provide safe, clean waterways for our community. Uh, and uh, in the wastewater realm, uh, for those that may not be familiar, uh, each time you flush your toilet, uh, you take a shower or wash clothes or water goes down the drain, it comes to us here at MSD and we treat uh, that water safely and return it to our waterways. Um, and uh, we have over 3,300 miles of pipes that collect wastewater from your homes and businesses in uh, Jefferson County. Um, and we have five water quality treatment centers uh, that treat the wastewater and release it back to the local waterways every day. Uh, and that amounts to about 153 million gallons that we handle uh, on a normal day at all of these five facilities. And more importantly, we put that water back into the waterways cleaner uh, than the water that is already there. So. The wastewater system, uh, just like your home plumbing system, can break down and have clogs and other problems. So there are a lot of things that uh, uh, we try to remind folks in the wastewater is that 
Uh, it's important that you only flush what we call the three P's, uh, pee, poo, and paper uh, down your toilet. Anything else can cause a big problem uh, in your home sewer system or further down the line in the treatment process at our plants. And so every day we remove trash that has made its way into the sewer system, whether that is plastic bottles or toys or leaves uh, uh, or wipes. Uh, one of the biggest problems we have is caused by dental floss and what we call flushable wipes. Most wipes are not flushable and uh, they're especially problematic, uh, particularly uh, in our treatment process and in our pump stations uh, that pump uh, the flow to our treatment facilities. Uh, in stormwater, when it rains or snows, all that water, stormwater, has to go somewhere. Uh, it is our job to make sure that we manage this water safely and efficiently, and uh, the storm drains directs water away from homes and businesses, uh, and then the stormwater flows into what we call either a drainage swale or ditch, a creek or a stream, and uh, along the way, uh, the stormwater can also accumulate pollutants like trash or lawn chemicals and pet waste, uh, which can harm our waterways. Uh, so uh, making sure that uh, we monitor stream quality throughout the county and we collect over 3 million data points each year to assess the health of our streams. Um, there's a lot of activity that we do, uh, particularly when it comes to our streams. Um, and I think a lot of people need to understand that every single person in our community lives in what we call a watershed. And so we want the community to understand and value their connection with the environment and our waterways to be a part of the solution. That means that no matter how close or far that you live from a stream, one piece of trash or that one oil stain or uh, that we will find in a parking lot can wash downstream uh, over the land, roadways, and into storm sewer pipes and into our streams. These streams are often hidden and they are gems in our community. And in many ways, uh, we are bringing attention to the value of safe, clean waterways and how this can serve an important role in the health of our community. We must be able to uh, reconnect streams with urban forest and wetlands and stream buffers uh, that will improve habitat and ecological function, as well as elevate streams as a community amenity. And finally, with our flood protection system, uh, flood protection services is our management of the Ohio River flood protection system that was built by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers largely in the 1940s, 1950s, and 1980s. Uh, the flood protection system protects more than 200,000 people, 87,000 homes, and $24 billion in property. Uh, it includes 29 miles of flood wall an earthen levee, 16 flood pumping stations, and nearly 150 floodgates and 80 flood wall closures. 
uh, it does not matter if you live high on a hill, the vitality of our community depends on the protection this system provides. We all benefit when we protect our community from the rising waters of the Ohio River. You only have to look at the devastation of Louisville that occurred in 1937, for those that remember the 37 floods, to see uh, how that is now a benefit to us uh, currently in uh, Louisville and Jefferson County. That is such an enormous undertaking. Uh, and I think that because on, on the consumer end, when we just turn on our faucet, it just happens, right? And it just goes away and we don't really think about it unless there's a problem. It's really easy to forget that all of these systems are intensively managed for our good. Um, you talked a little bit about the 37 flood. Can we have um, a history lesson maybe and talk about what was happening in Louisville before the creation of MSD that uh, prompted its creation? Well, I think that uh, the one thing that I would say is before the creation of MSD, we have uh, uh, sewer uh, pipes or uh, lines that date back almost prior to the Civil War. And a lot of the systems that were built uh, back in that day were what we call combined sewer systems, where it transported stormwater and also wastewater from homes and businesses. And a lot of uh, that flow back uh, in the 1800s and early 1900s, it was actually going straight to uh, the waterways or the Ohio River. And so wow. when, you think, when you think about what has transpired in the early 1900s, particularly uh, with the uh, Otis treatment plant in uh, Kentucky being built uh, is our Morris Foreman wastewater treatment plant uh, was built back in the 1940s. Uh, and that facility uh, really was the beginning of how do we make sure that we are providing some type of treatment to flows before it goes into uh, the Ohio River. Uh, a lot of the combined sewers have built in uh, relief points what we call overflows. Uh, and that is something that was state of the art back in uh, the early 1900s. Uh, and so fast forward after the uh, construction of Morris Foreman and some of the other treatment plants uh, in the 1980s and 1990s, uh, the Clean Water Act uh, came into place in uh, I think around 1972. And one of the requirements early on in that was to start looking at uh, how you can have better wastewater treatment plants uh, in your community and how you can start to address reducing the combined sewer overflows uh, when it rains and uh, the flow could, cannot get through uh, the pipes fast enough, there was relief points. And so a lot of communities like Louisville, particularly river cities, uh, have a lot of uh, combined sewer overflows that we're still getting into our waterways. And so there was a push from EPA uh, to take a concerted look at how we could reduce the combined sewer overflows. And so a lot of the work that has been going on in Louisville over the last 15 years has been to address what we call 
the reduction of combined sewer overflows in our streams. Uh, and a lot of cities have been put under what is called a, a federal consent decree uh, to be able to do the projects that will allow that to happen. So more recently, you probably have heard of some of the large uh, basin projects and of course the deep tunnel project that we are now doing in Louisville. All of those projects are in response to the federal uh, consent decree that is mandating us to reduce the combined sewer overflows into local rivers and streams. Can you speak um, for maybe some folks who are not as familiar with how water is behaving in Louisville um, and maybe some of the challenges that that presents to you all logistically? Yeah, you know, being a river city, um, uh, you know, obviously we are a water-rich community. We have uh, over 790 miles of streams in Jefferson County, 130 miles of improved channels, and 38 miles of what we call the Ohio River shoreline, all of which are part of 11 watersheds that make up of our make up our community here in Jefferson County. Uh, we have the Mill Creek watershed, which is mostly in West Louisville. We have the Beargrass Creek watershed that is mostly East Louisville. We have the Pond Creek watershed in South Louisville. And of course the Ohio River watershed uh, in downtown. And all of those watersheds, MSD is there. Uh, Louisville typically experiences a wet season from early fall through mid spring, which coincides with peak season for mobilizing the flood protection system when the Ohio River rises. Uh, sewers fill and streams swell uh, with floodwaters each time it rains. Um, and we have seen an increased frequency of extreme storm events uh, over the last decade or so. Some people call it climate change uh, that is impacting not only the water levels or the river levels, but it's impacting how we have to operate our flood protection system and how we have to operate and manage stormwater and drainage uh, in Jefferson County. Uh, we must be able to uh, protect stream corridors is very important, not only for the safety of our community, but also to protect the valuable ecological habitat that is unique to the streams and the riparian areas that uh, are in our community. Uh, MSD protects the health of our waterways uh, through our core services. Uh, the work that we do is critical, not only to the health of the streams and the environment, but the neighborhoods and people that call these places home. A lot of times people think about regulations as a bad thing, but I feel like it's, that's not always the case. How have regulations changed and influenced the health of our waterways for the better? Well, it, uh, you know, obviously, as I mentioned before, by reducing uh, the amount of combined sewer overflows in our community, you're improving the water quality uh, in our streams and our rivers, uh, which obviously has a positive impact on the uh, aquatic life uh, that exists in those streams and, of course, influences the recre recreation uh, activity uh, on our streams and our river. 
Um, we are seeing that uh, uh, regulations also are uh, ever evolving. Uh, as science gets better, there's more things that are being identified. And so uh, there's an improvement in water quality, there's an improvement in ecological habitat. Uh, and uh, we are seeing that, uh, uh, particularly with uh, the plastics and the other things that are in the waste stream, uh, all those things ultimately uh, are, you know, beneficial to the overall water quality that we're, we're able to put back into the Ohio River. Uh, the Ohio River, as you know, serves uh, a lot of cities uh, from uh, Northeast Ohio all the way down to uh, uh, where it dumps into the Mississippi River. And so all of these river cities are doing the similar type of programs and so collectively uh, the improvement of the Ohio River uh, water quality uh, is something that is far better than it was say 20 years ago uh, and uh, we are hoping that uh, our efforts on the Ohio River Basin uh, will have a positive impact on the Mississippi uh, River Basin which ultimately is impacting the Gulf Stream or the Gulf Coast uh, water quality issues. So we're all a part of a large watershed uh, that eventually uh, impacts uh, many states to the, to, to the north and south of us. Getting people to understand that all water is connected to all other water is one of the things that I really love to emphasize when I'm educating with the group. Right. Can, can I ask a question on a practical level for folks who are listening? Um, when I'm out in the city and I see Barrios, for example, and there's trash in it, how is that trash getting there? And how can we as everyday citizens help prevent it from getting there in the first place? Well, um, you may have been uh, following some of the stories uh, last year or uh, where you know there was a lot of focus on what we call the trash island uh, <laughs> that was in uh, Beargrass Creek, and uh, people need to realize that everything that they um, throw out their car window or they uh, uh, deposit in the street or you know anything that accumulates in their yards whenever we have a rain event, all that stuff washes off. And it does get to the storm drains. And when it gets to the storm drains, those, uh, it causes problems uh, with, with clogging of storm drains, which can lead to street flooding. But those, that, those uh, components that make it through the storm drain end up in our uh, local streams. And uh, it just pools there. And, and can cause a problem, like I said, to the uh, uh, ecological and the aquatic habitat and uh, can cause problems primarily with our operations, particularly with our flood pump stations and our, and our um, uh, wastewater pump stations because that debris can get into the uh, pumps and the motors and can cause failure. And so, uh, we try our best to make sure that we're screening uh, as much as we can to make sure we're not impacting our pumps and uh, our capability to be able to operate those 
valuable assets, uh, particularly on the flood protection system when the streams and the rivers are rising. We, we have to be able to operate those uh, flood pumps uh, to be able to pump water over uh, the floodgates or the, the levees to make sure that we're not flooding our community. So basically just making sure that trash gets where it's supposed to go is a huge, a huge help. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're all taught, I think we're all taught at a very young age that it is not wise to litter. It's not good to litter. And uh, I can tell you that uh, litter really impacts the uh, storm drains and the sewers that MSD is responsible for. And it does cause major, major problems when uh, it impacts our pumps that we use to keep the community safe. For sure. There's, I live, I think I'm in, in I'm in Beachmont. I think I'm in the Mill Creek. I think I looked it up for a class and that's where I am. But we were walking down the street and we started hearing frogs from the, uh, the sewer drain. And that's when I realized like there's a ton of life just sort of everywhere. And all of this oil and everything has such an impact on stuff that we don't even see or think about. That is correct. Uh, Tony, thank you for your time today. Is there anything else you would like to mention to folks while you have them here? Well, you know, I think that people need to understand the history of uh, our system. You know, a hundred years ago, our creeks and streams were often seen as a nuisance uh, and a danger uh, carrying waste and disease and flooding nearby homes. And uh, since MSD's creation in 1946, we have worked to protect our waterways. Uh, today, our capital projects, uh, like the waterway protection tunnel, our storage basins, uh, store overflow water, uh, hold it and release it slowly to be treated at our water quality treatment centers. And uh, those water quality treatment centers and the system that is serving our community is aging. And aging infrastructure is a real issue that we've identified as a risk uh, for our community. And when we are not able to provide that service, uh, it not only impacts the uh, environment, but it can also impact the economy. Uh, we MSD's operation and MSD's assets bring value uh, to the uh, what we call the uh, GPD or the gross uh, domestic GDP or the gross domestic product of our community. When you think about the jobs uh, that are in uh, Louisville, uh, approximately 550,000 jobs every day in our community, and uh, the amount of money uh, that is paid for those jobs. Uh, if we had a major failure in a flood protection system or something that would impact the ability to continue, uh, it really has an economic impact on our city. So it's important for folks to know that, you know, when you are supporting MSD, you're not only supporting uh, the treatment of wastewater, but you're supporting the economic vi viability of our city. Very well put. Thank you so much for helping us to tell the story of, of water in Louisville. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you again, Tony and MSD, for being a community partner. 
and for helping us continue to tell another piece of the story about water in Louisville. If you have questions or comments or observations about the podcast today, uh, reach out on Facebook. You will find this posted on our Facebook page. Just go to the comment section and start a conversation there. We always love to chat with people. If there's something you want to hear about on the podcast that we haven't hit on yet, also let me know. I'm totally open to suggestions and things that the community wants to hear about because this podcast is for your benefit. Don't forget our board meetings are monthly and open to the public. You can find that schedule on our website. And also, please do not forget to vote. If you're a Jefferson County resident, you will see on the ballot this year that there are four positions open in our Board of Supervisors. There are two folks on the ballot and then there's uh, places for write-in. If you have questions about those candidates, we did a forum. So you can go again to our Facebook and watch the uh, repost of the live forum that we did if you have questions and you really want to make a more informed decision about who was on our board. Those decisions and those people really help form and lead the conservation works that, hap- that happens in our county. And so I really want you all to be making informed decisions about that as in all of your voting. Be well. We'll talk to you soon.